0: Hi everyone, welcome to Soap From The Box. Do you sense a tinge of sadness in my voice? It's because it's the last week of season two. 15 weeks you've joined me. That's 30 episodes plus some specials. It's been an amazing journey and we will be preparing season three straight after this. I'm going to leave you with a TV, not just a soap, a TV legend. She's amazing. She makes me howl with laughter. Enjoy this. My next guest was born in Nottingham and started to set the UK on fire when she was just six years old, touring UK theatres with her own signature song, You've Got to Have Heart. She's gone on to be the queen of UK soaps, having appeared in Coronation Street, Emmerdale and Crossroads and the El Dorado that did work, the amazing Benidorm. She's also been in a carry-on, which almost makes me wet myself with excitement, and is renowned in the industry as one of the nicest people you can meet. And that is a huge accolade in this Industry, please welcome a Dame surely in the making, Sherry Houston. (laughs) Hi, Sherry. I like that. A Dame. I mean, surely the OBE or the MBE is on its way to you soon.
1: Oh well, listen, I'm with you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just let's 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 kind of bypass the MBE and just go straight to Dame. I think. Well, let's go to Dame. I've I mean, done what?
1: enough pantomimes to be a Dame now, for
0: God's sake. <laughs> but first, of all, I have to mention this song. At six years old, what's? I mean, I thought at first it was that Silly Black song, but it's obviously not. A, 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 have you? Read no, it? it's
1: you've got to have heart. All you really need is heart. And in those days, I could sing. So it was a tap routine I did oh, uh, wow. when. Um, I think I started when I was about four. My mother was, you know, one of those moms that you know, it, sing out, Louise. and um so the only problem is on one of my very first shows because I had to I I underdressed in tap tap costume and then on top it was called lady make-believe and I had a big hat my mother used to make all these costumes and an old lady's dress and had to whip them all off and then do a tap routine to that song but the unfortunate thing was uh, as soon as I saw the audience I whipped it all off and I weed all over the street. <laughs> <laughs> and my mother never, ever forgave me, even, I'm sure, to the day she died, because it was the most humiliating the thing ever. Except the audience were in hysterics. So it's the first time... I heard laughter like that. Wow! And I thought, oh, is that what I have to do? We on stage now. <laughs> but <that's,
0: laughs> but I, I have to tell having... you, I've
1: never, I've never tried that trick
0: again. I was going to say you've not <laughs> taken that trait on. You've just, but it must. <laughs> then looking back, it must have probably set a fire off inside you. Then just hearing that laughter and pleasing people in that way.
1: Yeah, maybe it did. I mean, I didn't do, I, I didn't deliberately do comedy. No. Funny <laughs> enough. Because I went on to do ballet and um, with Janine Duvitsky, actually, who played Jacqueline in Benidorm. And we went to ballet school together. Yeah, we did point work together, as we always say to each other, until I was um, 17. And then
0: I went to RADA. And she never forgave me for that because she had to go to work. (laughs) Right, okay. And I bet when you did Benidorm, I bet she brought that up at some point then. Oh, just
1: every single meal we ever had.
0: <laughs> well, we have the to, drunker gonna, she got, the worse it became. The worse it became. <laughs> well, we're going to talk, obviously, we always start with the soaps. But again, because I mentioned it in the intro, we have to mention, because Carry On is one of my favourite things in the world ever. Obviously, I was friends with the amazing Barbara Windsor, God rest her soul. And yeah. I used to work with her and love all of the stories about Carry On. So you joined, I mean, she wasn't in New York film. You were in Carry On Behind with Kenny Williams, Joan Sims, And Jack Douglas, name just a few of them. But I mean, that must have been incredible going into such an institution as that.
1: I also did the one and only Carry On television series.
0: Oh, yes. Carry On Laughing.
1: Yeah. When we did a spoof on Upstairs, Downstairs, which was just fantastic. I mean, I feel very lucky. And I know we didn't know it at the time, but we know it now that those actors were unbelievable. Kenneth Connor had the best comedy timing I have ever ever seen, and I learned my trade from a lot of them. Peter Butterworth was my mentor for a long time, and I absolutely adored him. Of course, Barbara was amazing. Jack Douglas, I mean, Kenneth Williams was extraordinary.
0: I wish I I have a very
1: funny story about Kenneth. I was in um one of the caravans, and in those days, of course, there were little old caravans, with Joan Sims waiting to go f- on to film. But they were filming outside, and she needed to go to the loo. We're back to going to the loo again. And um, she was <laughs> saying, oh, well, darling, what am I going to do? And I said, oh, "Well, you can't go out, Joan, because they're filming literally outside the caravan. So she said, oh, never mind. Pass me that polystyrene cup. <laughs> so I said, what? And she so just passed me the cup. So I got the cup, and she pulled up her dress and pulled the knickers down, (laughs) and started to weed this cup. When the door opened and Kenneth Williams walked
0: in, oh my god! He did not
1: blink an eyelash. He just walked by and went, "No tea for me, thank you." (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can imagine this young actress. I one gobsmacked Kenneth Williams, two (laughs) Joan Sims in a cup, and three that gag. I mean.
0: And I've used here.
1: it ever I, since.
0: I mean, when I joined EastEnders, actually, June Brown reminds me so much of what I think Kenneth Williams was like. She's kind of got the same voice and it's that very dry, yes. very honest, you know, sense of humour and that. I mean, incredible actors. I mean, all well, of Well, sadly,
1: it. I never met Hattie Jakes and I never met Sid James and I never met Charles Hawtrey. I met everybody else. And I'm very sad because I loved Hattie Jakes and Sid James. I mean, I thought they were just amazing. So I I feel very lucky to have been part of it, but we didn't. People didn't realize how clever they were. They do now.
0: Yeah, it's always
1: it? a uh, Joan Sims was one of the funniest comedy ladies we've ever had, but people didn't kind of realize that. It makes me sad because I. Listen, I
0: still watch them because Leslie Phillips is one of my favourites of all yeah, time. Well, I still watch them all the time. I've only just got my husband. He's Lithuanian. And I've only just got because obviously it's a very British sense of humour as well. Carry on. Yes. So he, it's taken a while. Well, to... it
1: is. I mean, it's quintessentially British, as they say. Yeah. That's the phrase. And, uh, you know, it's proper postcard, isn't it? Oh, British yeah. postcard stuff. But I never, ever found
0: it offensive. You know, in in the times we live in now, everything's offensive. Yeah, Everything. It, it was almost. I mean, I know it sounds silly. It was in. It was. It, it was innocent. Do you know what I mean? It was postcard human. It was innocent. Yeah. And I think. I mean, I'm called Carry on leave because I do love an innuendo. You know, any innuendo going yes, up. Yes, of course. <laughs> but I mean, you kind of, I suppose, took the role, or that was played by a Barbara Windsor type character. You know, the younger. Did you feel any pressure to be? I mean, because obviously the, that younger character was. You know, Barbara played quite quite a lot of them. Did you kind of feel any pressure going in? Or like you said, was it not big at the time, so you didn't feel any pressure?
1: Uh, no, I didn't know because, um, to be honest with you, I was so young. i just left RADA. I was, um, when I'm talking young, I went to RADA when I was 18. And in those, uh, you know, that wasn't her- heard of. Yeah. And, but, and I was an 18-year-old going on 15.
0: Right, okay. I left
1: not. I left Nottingham you know n- never been to London so I was a very naive and when I went in to carry on very, I mean I was just gobsmacked <laughs> I mean when you go to Pinewood Studios and you know, my agent was Kenneth Williams and Joan Sims and Ronnie Barker's agent he was a very big agent called Peter Reed and I was his young protégé and he took me to Pinewood and to the restaurant that isn't there anymore and each table was a film wow. so there was carry on behind there was you know tom jones with trevor howard there was just i mean to so every table in the restaurant was so well you i i can't tell you i was i open mouthed from the moment i got there to the moment i left until yeah. i went there to do another film called slipper in the rose with richard chamberlain and we had a slipper in the rose table but before that it was carry on and um, So when I went on set, I just kind of stared at people. (laughs) But like when I went into Coronation Street, I just stared at these people that, I mean, Barbara Windsor, you know, for me, I I just thought, I am working. with. So it never, I was
0: very naive and very gauche. And I didn't have. Because I think we never lose that. I mean, when I first worked with Barbara, I was just like, oh, my God. And then we became friends. And. But you still, I love the fact that we never get, you almost turn into a younger fan whenever you work on a new show, don't you? It doesn't matter how experienced you are. I do. I do. I never have lost that. And I I always,
1: you know, even to this day, I've never lost that. And I I walk in and I go, oh, my God, I've watched you for, you know, and I've seen you in this and see. And people think I'm really silly and they go, look at your career. I go, no, but you know. I, know, I mean, you know. When, I, when I first met Bill Roach, I thought, oh my God, that's Ken kind Paul.
0: Of know. You've cleverly taken me on to Coronation Street. So, I mean, in 1993, you started walking the cobbles as Maureen Webster. Oh. Described as dad, yes. dizzy, accident-prone supermarket assistant who was dominated by a mother. She got employed by Curly Watts and never, well, at first didn't realise her first love, Reg Holesworth, was just steps away as I, <laughs> I mean, just reading that took me back in time because I never, I was never a massive Corey fan, but whenever I went to my nan and granddad's, it would be on. And I would so I yeah. just remember that period in time. And you and Ken Morley, I mean, it was just gold dust, wasn't it? Well,
1: you know, it's, it's weird in, in our lives as actors, you
0: know, I mean, and it's happened to me
1: maybe a couple of times, you know, in um, my first drama series was called Love for Lydia. And I was with Peter Davison, he was my brother in it, and Jeremy Irons. And all of us, it was nearly our first jobs, you know, but we all got on. Now, that doesn't always happen, obviously, me spilling beans. But but when I walked into Corrie and I met Ken, I can't tell you what I said to Ken Morley, (laughs) because it's too rude on the air. But I called him a great, big, fat something or other, beginning with B. And um, he, from that moment on, we actually got on to the point where he would, we would mirror each other's moves. Brilliant. We would finish each other's sentences. And I'm talking about a script. We would... um, we were like tight it was you never get that as actors you see you you work with actors and get on with actors but when you get that um incredible relationship with an actor two actors together that they are glued and they can actually finish each other's sentences that was very i i've i don't think i'll ever see that again And, and it worked i mean brilliantly
0: brilliantly and I think like you said we all know uh and I'm sure people listening know there aren't there are some not very nice people and I've always said as a director as well because some directors I think are you know not nice the nicest people either
1: oh but, I've been I've had those yeah well I worked I did a um a series called Iris with Thora Hurd and the director was Stephen Frears and I I can never get over working with Stephen Frears because he was magical wow he used to say philly elliott director isn't it as well yeah i mean he's you know i mean he's done everything now every film in hollywood and he used to say to me look you know forget this forget the script that's not what this is about this is about it was philip jackson the lovely actor philip jackson and myself and it was a bedroom scene not sexy, sexy bedroom scene. I've never done a sexy bedroom. So with Philip Jackson, we were just lying in bed and I had a cigarette in my right hand and he was on my right hand side. <laughs> so uh, Stephen had just said, look, let's just do it. Don't worry about the lines. I just care about you two having a, this relationship. <laughs> so he just said, just carry on, forget the lines. <laughs> so I did. What I didn't realize, and Philip didn't stop me, was this cigarette had landed on his chest oh, just funny. above his chest hairs and they started to burn. Oh my god! So instead of him going, Oh my god, he went, he carried on. And all I was like, What is that very strange smell? And Stephen went, Let's cut there, you're burning. Philip. You're burning, you're <laughs> actually burning,
0: your chest is on fire. It
1: was funny. But I have to say, Stephen Frears is the best director in the world. I mean, he—he he, what he does is he loves actors, yes, and that's exactly. the
0: difference. Well, that's so important, and I think that's Yeah. I think there's people that, I mean, I always got told there's actor directors and there's technical directors, and luckily I think I land in the middle because I used to act. I think it's great. I just love. You bro- know, yeah. But and you awesome. must have seen
1: people, you know, bullied. Or whipping boys, as we used to call them. Oh, yeah. When you know, and and, you, and I've seen that many times. In fact, I've been a whipping boy, and you know, I've I've been that on that side of it when people just go for you, and it's usually their problem, you know, not yeah. your, nothing to do with you. It's their anxiety, their worry, their fear, their insecurity, and often, jealous.
0: and often jealousy. I think. I think if you're good, and there's a lot of people out there that can be jealous of that as well. You know, like yeah, like...
1: it's a it's a very weird phenomenon, isn't it? it? Is. But, but when you get a director that loves actors, oh my god, your life changes completely, changes, and 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 then it becomes the most wonderful uh, world. Yeah. set or or, or stage ever
0: well, and that's what be. acting exactly. is all about exactly and the job we do should be fun but i'm going to do a little quiz now i do this every episode just to go through the storylines now your ones are quite I mean, you're going to remember these because they're such iconic moments where was reg and maureen go, where were they going to consummate their marriage oh my god what, it, well, what, was that. what was it on what was it on what
1: was it on were we on something yeah i've, I've no, no idea
0: i've I no idea it was on, it was on a waterbed
1: Oh, that I thought you meant to trip.
0: Oh, oh no. No. And and I think yeah. Derek Wilton drilled through in the end and it
1: ended up. <laughs> yes, Derek Wilton <laughs> drilled through and um and they ran upstairs. Now that it's a very funny story because they um because it was actually a waterbed and it was got it's something like 400 gallons of water and they were, were going to burst it and the water was going to come out. It had to be done on a closed set and um you know was to, to protect the water that it didn't go over the studio so we had to do it in one take oh god so um i was in bed screaming Derek and uh, and mavis come in but <laughs> this is not funny i don't know why i'm laughing but, <laughs> so ken morley who has nothing on but a little towel <laughs> believe me that wasn't easy <laughs> <laughs> he's running around the bed oh screamy 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 I'm screamy screaming! so the camera is now on my face he goes to the side of the bed and drops his towel and that image has stayed with me
0: for the rest of my life
1: I think it's why I've been on my own for 16
0: years. <laughs> it's amazing isn't it because they I think when you were in it back then as well especially there were still total legends there oh you know Julie Goodyear you know um as bet lynch yes.
1: you couldn't you know you couldn't write that that was an amazing time i worked with roy barraclough because i did the pilot of are you being served when i played mr slocum yes I was gonna and that. and he and i worked with roy and he came to london and he and i spent a week together in a hotel whilst we you know we were rehearsing well that. we had that the man. best time <laughs> i said we we never stopped laughing i mean I, I insisted he moved from one hotel to another. <laughs> he phoned up my friend and went, She's very bossy, Sherry, isn't she? <laughs> she's insisted I move from my hotel. So my friend said, Well, do you want to move? He said, Yes, I hate it. He said, But I didn't, I don't have that in me to kind of say to somebody I don't like. And she's moved me and she's got me a better room and she takes me out for dinner.
0: So Roy Barakoff is one of my favourite people in the whole world. Were there people that you were literally like, oh my god, you know? Especially, I suppose for you. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, Bill Roach. I've always adored Bill Roach, and when I met him, I actually said
1: to him, I think I actually think I mouthed it, you know. Oh God, I've always been in love with you for some weird reason. Why would I say that? And then I, I was with him about two years ago at to charity do, and I said. I'm the only person in Coronation, I didn't mean it like this is going to sound. I said, I'm the only person in Coronation Street who didn't sleep with you. He said, (laughs) pardon? I said, no, I didn't mean in real life. I meant as a character. (laughs) I mean, Maureen didn't sleep with, you know, Ken Barlow. He went, oh, thank God you said that. I always thought Maureen would be good with Ken Barlow. Do you know what I mean? But So I bit of a faux pas there. But I did say to Julie Goodyear when I first got there, I went, oh, my God, how amazing to meet you. And she, I said, you you know, you're, you're wonderful, she went, I know, love, I know. don't worry. She said, uh, I, I know you're starstruck, but don't worry about it. Oh,
0: that's brilliant. <laughs> I mean, the stories I've heard about Julian are amazing, do you know what I mean? But, uh, I mean, but like you said, I think corey has been brilliant at, it's almost like you can never imagine another actor playing some of those roles. They just, no, the role were just funny because met, like, yeah. Mavis and Blanche and Deirdre and you know yeah think real out of all the soaps these amazing ca- characters do you know what I mean it, it, no, no well
1: sure. they were I mean it was character uh driven then and it was you know some of the characters were uh fantastic you know Amanda Barriers Alma oh. Johnny Briggs you know all those characters were big characters and uh, and in my day they used to you know people used to send if it was your birthday, you would get birthday presents. If you got married, you got wedding presents. You know, um, I remember when uh, Reg went off with a young girl, and he went to Lowestoft with this young girl in the story. And I got a, uh, I, I had lovely fans because I had a nice character. So you know, I didn't have, I wasn't horrible, and I had one, one um, set of about about thirty men, I think. It was like a fan club. And they sent me this long letter saying, Right, you know, we, we're going to protect you. We know where Reg has gone. <laughs> He's gone to Bellistoft. And we're going to go there and we're going to find him. We're going to break his legs. And I went, Oh my God. <laughs> so I went up to the producer and I went, Could you read this letter? And he went, He read it. He went, Yeah. I said, But I don't know what they're saying. He went, Sherry, there is no such person as Reg Holdsworth. He hasn't gone. To lower <laughs> there is no such person as his girlfriend, and Reg Ken Morley lives in Cheshire,
0: and it's got nothing to do with this story. Go back to work. <laughs> I think that's yeah, it's quite right. There, you become so involved in it that I mean, you know. well, I, well I, only
1: because I got frightened and I thought,
0: what? Stop it! Because <laughs> be right? people
1: people did totally believe it was real.
0: Oh, totally, totally believe. So, next question is, after marrying in 1994, what business did Reg and Maureen take over on the street? Oh, the corner shop. The corner shop. And it must have been, you. it must, I always think it must feel amazing when you, it's the, almost, It's cement you there, doesn't it? The corner shop or the cabin or the pub. It's yes. It's a light <laughs> Yes, it's
1: when you get, when you get. A business like like when the girls become uh, you go into the Rovers and become oh, you know the owners, the owner a uh, um corner shop uh, and hairdressers everything you know it you you then belong we at that time we had a um, uh, Granada Studio Tours and there was a memorabilia shop very oh, big the it. Granada Studio Tours was enormous I don't know if you ever went I, mean, I remember it very well and then to that and the, and the memorabilia shop was full of you know photographs of us and then one, one of the actors one day said oh have you been in the shop and i said no i haven't and she, she, oh she said well if you go in you'll see you know there's a photo of you um you'll be on a rubber a pencil <laughs> and everything but you have to know that you will have made it at coronation street and you will feel very secure when you become a fridge magnet <laughs> And until you become a fridge magnet, don't feel so secure here. I went, oh! And to this day, I don't know whether she was having me on, whether she really wanted it. it Did Maureen make it onto? I did. I did. I did become a fridge magnet. Oh wow! I did.
0: Yeah. And you, I was
1: really thrilled,
0: but I don't know if she was joking <laughs> to this day. It, yeah, it probably wasn't a joke there. I mean, I always think if you take over the pub, it's the best, because you know then it's going to take at least a year to get rid of you, really, if you're running the pub. Yes, and yes. I was, as I always say to the listener, I've mentioned this before, that I used to see actors... Go if they ran the pub like an Emmerdale, you can see half of them was going brilliant because I know I'm going to get loads of money because obviously you get paid for so many episodes. But then you see the other half they're going, oh my god, I've got to stand in hills for a twelve hour day just doing the same. Time.
1: Well, there is that, of course. You know, there is that. And when when I went, when Brian Parks came in and decided that I think there was ten of us going, on, um, I did do another year before I actually went. And uh, which was really upsetting year because I had this upsetting in the sense that I had to leave my mother and they were, but they were wonderful scripts. I have to tell you, they were brilliantly written. Um, I had some of the best scenes ever in my last year in Coronation Street. So I can
0: never forget that.
1: Although I was so sad to go And and I'm still in Germany now.
0: I know you're still in Germany. I mean, I know you came back, but Ken, Ken left before you, didn't he?
1: Yes, he went. I can't remember how he left. Yes, he left
0: I think he a left, yeah. couple of years before. Yeah. And did you kind of think then, like, did you, I think, God, if you're in a big partnership, does it suddenly... Yes, change? I did. A bit worried. And, well,
1: it kind, of, it kind of didn't occur to me, but I remember one of the actors saying to me, it's difficult when you're in a massive partnership. And one partner, partner goes because it's kind of, they don't know what to do with you. Yeah. And they, they did think of things and it didn't work, you know, I, I, and, um, you know, I was I married uh, Fred Elliott and then I was with Kevin's dad. And um, after Reg, I have to agree it didn't work. But nevertheless, I had some wonderful wonderful scenes and I would have loved to have them to have found a way that Maureen could have worked but they obviously didn't and couldn't and you know that it it was one of those times you know when new producers come in and they go well I'm not sure I like that character you know it's their
0: choice. I mean I can't believe that anyone would think that about you or Maureen I mean well about Maureen because Maureen was brilliant but I think you're right. I mean, I think like people like Sally, who's been on the show. Sally Dunaway is amazing, obviously. But yeah, he says, you know, she's been really lucky because obviously they were like, God, we can't keep getting Kevin and Sally back together. But luckily, Tim and her worked brilliantly. So, Be brilliantly, yeah, two brilliant actors together. I have to say. So again, it's brilliant. Luck of the joy. No, Sally's been there for years. She, I mean, I think every actor never thinks their place is cemented because you might be in it but you might only be in it very minimalist if they and sally well you you see this is the thing
1: with with the street or any any of them really you know you go in and what i went in for six weeks and i stayed for five years wow so that that's very lucky yeah that's very lucky and and i i always think there should be some sort of mentor that when they come in and they go you have got a year's contract but think of it as a year. Yes. You know, because the problem is with the Coronation Street, a bit like Benny Dorm, you mm. love it so much, that
0: you, never you want don't to. want
1: to leave.
0: Yes. And, so,
1: and you really get comfortable and you think, oh, I want to stay here now. This, I want to do this for the rest of my life. And, of course, it is a job which can change when producers come in, writers come in, and writers go, oh, I'm not sure I can it. write for that character. And you're gone yeah and it, like, you, it and it hurts and, and it's people like a
0: relationship, isn't it it's like being yes. and it ending
1: yes and particularly in coronation street do you know to I me mean? it it's you know it's iconic and it's it, it's been going since 1960 and it, so you kind of go oh this is fabulous you know oh, I'm going to stay now, but you realise it's not up to you.
0: I know. Well, and I, I, the know. One, I mean, I'm not, because I didn't know Brian Popp, but, I mean, he has been dredged through, because I think he did make some very bold and decisions, very questionable decisions. So, I mean, it's always followed, it's probably followed him around for life, actually. You know, the. Uh,
1: well, I think so. I mean, you know, it, but it's not up to those actors. And, you know, I know when producers come in, you know, actors must fear that because they yeah. think, well... If he doesn't like me, he can, you know, find a way of killing
0: me off. or that seems to have, <laughs> luckily, that seems to have died a death a bit, the fact that it used to be this axe grinder, didn't it? And now it seems in soap that that doesn't quite happen as often. You know, you never really get those headlines when a new producer comes in. I think they've learned now that they can't also... Well, I
1: think, uh, yeah, because I, I had a massive kind of um, thing when I left. I mean, I always remember, um, you know, I in the corner shop before we went home, we used to take our bread home. And when Brian told me that day, and and I and I'd just been to hospital with my eye because I had an occlusion behind my eye. So I was <laughs> I was yellow because I had, had, this yeah, <laughs> injection. had die, yeah. so, my face was yellow, <laughs> my pupils were as big as a plate, so I looked like an alien anyway. <laughs> and when, when I was going out, he said, look, there'll be press out, but we've done the press release. Don't bother with the press release. I've done it. So I was in tears as well, oh when, but then still went to my corner shop and got my loaf of bread. <laughs> and so the headline was Sherry Houston acts on a breadline.
0: <laughs> Brilliant. I brought, I brought it all on myself. <laughs> yes. Gave that you were literally feeding them the best headline ever, but well, oh, I on... said it beautifully, yeah. Yeah, we'll move on to Emma Dale. I'm going to start actually with a little surprise for you. So here we go. Listen to this.
2: Hi, Sherry. Guess who this is? It's Dale Meeks, your <laughs> on-screen son from Emma Dale, Simon Meredith. E got oh, actually. I shouldn't be calling you, Sherry. I should be calling you, ma'am. Because that's what you'll always be to me. We had some good laughs though, didn't we? Lovely Lees asked us to record a little message for you. And I was only too pleased to do so. God, it was years ago, like. But, you know what? I always thought that our characters still had a bit of life left in them. So, I tell you what. As soon as the pandemic's over, what we'll do is we'll move back to the village. And there we'll open a fish and chip shop, shall we? Or failing that, I've had a few... Alan Partridge style ideas that we could do on the telly box together. Uh, how about deep sea fishing with Sherry and Dale? <laughs> or uh, ghost hunting in Land with Sherry and Dale? That has a certain ring to it. Anyway, when the pandemic's all over, Sherry, we've got to meet up because I miss you so incredibly. And uh, you'll always be me, ma'am. Lots of love, darling. Bye-bye.
0: Oh,
1: so... Oh. So, you know, I love I love Dale so much, and he's right. The characters never did have a stand a chance. Um, that was another thing of a producer coming in and saying, "I I'm going to you know put my stamp on this. We're going to change everything." And you know, we were unfortunately part of that. And I love Dale so much. I think he's a wonderful actor. He's also a most gorgeous man. And, um, and and Gorgeous Son, I have to say. And he's right. You know, those characters never, ever finished. No. A bit like Maureen, She never finished. and oh, no. They didn't finish.
0: Yeah. So for people who remember, um, you joined in 2004 as the mum of Dale, Simon, um i didn't really because i didn't watch emmerdale really then as well but coming back because obviously now my, one of my best friends i live next door to her is nicola wheeler who played nicola blackstock so you kind oh, of yes you went in to meet her didn't you and kind of on a rampage against nicola which any mum in show would be but uh yes. it sounded from the storylines like that was fun you had fun stuff you three
1: oh no we had a great and uh, nicola was fabulous and nicola left emmerdale
0: he did yes yeah. i got i got to know her because i joined when i think a week later she came back and actually it was Charlie Webb who plays Debbie that had said to me, who I was friends with at the time i have been at Emmerdale for about six months, he said, this person's come back and you are going to be best friends. You're going to love each other, which turned out to be totally true, which is quite funny. But um, I mean, she's a great character. You also, I mean, there was a storyline where you were stealing money from Kelly Windsor's credit card. Again, Adele was one of my favourite characters ever in it because she was so, Kelly Windsor was brilliant. I mean, Emmerdale was, was it very different than Corey? The way, it, the show, the way it was? Yes, it was, it was,
1: it was, it was very different. I mean, because that, curry is a big machine um, you know it's massive um and it's uh you know it in those days it was uh, pr-led you know uh, we did we did press every day of the week
0: wow we were on
1: magazine covers every day of the week we did uh you know okay magazine Hello. i mean it was constant literally every day every day every day so so going to emmerdale it was very different because there was no, like, dressing rooms where you all just hid away and never spoke to each other. Every, there was a big green room. Yeah. It was a big family. It was um, Adina Payne. I, I rented Dina Payne's house. Oh, wow. Uh, which, yeah, which was lovely. I love Yorkshire TV. Yes. Because I did In Loving Memory there with Sora Heard. And I oh, wow. absolutely wow. Love, love Yorkshire TV. And so it was a happy home and Coronation Street was
0: truly wonderful for me. But Emmerdale was a different experience, completely different experience. Well, I started, um, I started on Emmerdale as a soap director and actually I'd never... So for me, I went the other way and then went to these bigger machines because Emmerdale, I suppose, was always the underdog, especially when I joined. It, it was, was
1: then. The it was then. It's not now. It's not
0: now, no. Oh, God, it's definitely not now. I mean, I remember they it won the
1: every, It wins every award, Emmerdale, now, doesn't but,
0: it? Well, I left after 10 years and then year after it won Best Soap. I was like, oh, for God's sake, I've been going for 10 <laughs> years. <to laughs>
1: I um, know,
0: uh, we we can all say that, love. <laughs> we can all say that, I know. And then, I mean... We I were, wasn't
1: there, the Soap Awards didn't exist when Reg and I were there.
0: Oh, of course, you would have been, you would have been wiping the floor with the Soap Awards, you <laughs> <think>. <laughs> Best couple every year. And comedy performance, I mean, that would have been yours. Um, yeah. Well, we're on to, I mean, there's so much else to talk about, so Soap well, will end with Crossroads, which obviously became famous in 19... 19- now, not
1: so, now that... I have to say, not the real
0: Crossroads. So it was the remake, obviously. And I think it was Lucy Pardster, who plays Chaz and Emmerdale. She was in the new she one. She was well.
1: my daughter.
0: Oh, she was your daughter? Yeah. Oh, wow. Because yes. obviously it was originally famous for being, uh, you know, for probably its cheap production values, the original series. Well,
1: I- yes, but this, this was amazing. It had so much money on it. I can't tell you. And the second series we did was the campest thing I have ever <laughs> done in my life. Oh, wow. I'm coming and coming from you I know now, from the things
0: you've done, that's amazing.
1: Um, well, if Granada hadn't brought out Carlton Television, because at the same time, I was doing a comedy series there as well. It was Nottingham, you know, and it was called Barbara with Sam Kelly. Oh, right. And we did four, we did four years of that there, and I was doing Crossroads at the same time and um and it barbara which was i mean i don't, you've probably never seen it have I you i've seen that no well it's a gwen taylor sam kelly and me and it's about them being married and i'm i'm this crazy
0: sister-in-law
1: and it's very very funny oh i need we to, to get watch eight that. Mi- we used to get 8 million viewers wow. every week and and right to the end we got 8 million So Granada then bought Carlton and everything that Carlton meant, Granada got rid of, including Barbara, Crossroads, everything that Carlton made. And then they sold Nottingham Studios off, which is the saddest thing because it had the best lighting rig in Europe. Oh, wow. it It was the most amazing studio to work at. I cannot tell you what it was like. Absolutely amazing. And, um, but... So that's the only reason that Crossroads went because it became very camp and outrageous. Uh,
0: Jane Asher, um, you know uh, uh, oh, Jane Donette. Yeah, she went into it, yeah, yeah. I remember Lucy saying how brilliant it was. She, I, I think, uh, I think I remember her saying because we got called down. I remember one day on set to Emmerdale. And suddenly, every, but it's before Emmerdale became again, like massive, massive. And and I remember Lucy coming over going, oh my God, this is what happened on Crossroads, apparently, that you were all suddenly told down in the studio that it was going to end.
1: Yep, yeah. it was just and they spent, I cannot tell you, this set must have cost millions. We had the biggest chandeliers you've ever seen. <laughs> You're like, it was yeah. the campiest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it was truly very funny
0: very very funny and it would have gone on to be a cult show they yeah. don't let things breathe do they and unfortunately now because i think if you remember i said in the intro about el dorado which was quite horrific but i think it would have become huge do you know what i mean if they'd let it go on well talking about that my character in crossroads was called virginia
1: raisin and she was outrageously camp. and she became in my book joyce temple savage and benny dorm oh yes she was a forerunner for Joyce Temple Savage because no. although Virginia Raven was really uh, in crossroads was really quite evil and and bitty and you know loved sucking people. Now Joyce wasn't like that joyce Joyce was um she was formidable, but she was a victim as well. you know she was always quite sad and I, Joyce Temple Savage in Belly Dome, this is my history of her, that she was a BOAC uh, air stewardess, very glamorous, in, when she was young. And then she went on to be an entertainment cruise manager on one of the big cruise ships. Yeah. And then she ended up with a salada in Belly <laughs> <laughs> running the hotel.
0: Yeah, I wonder if something she was something had happened on the cruise ship that made yeah, her happy on land. <laughs> I mean Benidorm obviously is incredible everyone I mean god that yeah. needs to come back. but so a couple of quick because I love it and I loved you I thought you brought you brought this whole new oh film. I loved it Perfect. yeah because I think after a couple of seasons a few people left and it kind of did you know all shows go through but you you coming in almost revitalized it and it must have been I mean I know we've met through Ian who worked on the press with it who does the press for this yeah. show thank you Ian uh, but I mean, it must have been, I just imagine going out there. It's like going on a soap every day, obviously, but you're in the sun and, the, and all living together, I suppose. A bit. Well, we
1: were five months in Benidorm every oh, year. Wow. And everybody that came out, including Madness and everybody, Tony Hadley, everybody wanted to stay on once they'd done their bit. <laughs> so they used, to, they used to go and pay their hotel bills and stay on. Oh, Because nobody would go home. Everybody said it was the best job in the world,
0: and it was it honestly was. Did you take over that hotel every year, then completely. Yeah,
1: have a hotel, or you could have an apartment. I went to the hotel because the crew stayed there, and I like being with the crew. Yeah. But every open my curtains and I go, "Thank you, Spain," and the yeah. blue sky and the sunshine every morning. And you'd walk down for breakfast in that beautiful sunshine. And you'd think. Oh. Why, don't, why don't I live in the
0: sun? That's <laughs> what well, I, I know. Don't... <laughs> when I, when I, when, uh, I've got some Australian friends who are always like, I'm not sure why I'm in this country. And I'm like, nor am I. <laughs> For people listening as well, when you, it looks great, obviously. But it's quite hard work in the sun as well, because it is really hot, and you actually just want to be laying down, don't you?
1: Well, the only thing I you say is, I, you know, I always say to my daughter and my grandchildren, we should live out there. But the problem is, what do you do? Everybody opens a tea shop or whatever, everybody does boat trips. You can't it's, you can't earn money. So if you have to earn, that's the problem. If yeah. you can go out there and retire and just do bits and bobs, that's fine. But if you have to earn, I don't know how you earn.
0: I mean, I think you would be fine, right. Sherry, because I think the Joyce Temple Savage Bar would probably earn a lot of money. <laughs> well, of
1: course- but there's a mateo bar now
0: oh is it oh right
1: yeah and by mateo and Darren Litton the writer oh wow and okay. it's called mateo's and it's in the new town of course it's been shut because of the pandemic yeah but but come august they'll reopen and it's all the memorabilia is there he's actually got the bar is the actual uh, reception from the solana oh wow so the, oh, yeah it's, it looks like the solana And he does karaoke, and Matteo Jake Canuso does, you know, cocktails.
0: Oh,
1: Oh, everybody loves it. So I think they've beaten me to it.
0: (laughs) You'll have have to have a competitive. But so uh, there's loads of really weird questions. It's almost like I've never worked in telly asking these. But what were the who were the extras around the pool? I mean, were they just normal people? Well, wait for this. So every year
1: we used to go out in March, and every February they would. I mean, queue in their hundreds to auditioned to be extras. Wow. So, yeah, the, uh, the the tiger aspect used to go over and audition. Now you'd have your extras that we had every year because you know, of course, you had to say that everybody goes back to the so, same like hotel every year. Yeah, but then you'd have hundreds of others, and they would queue and queue and queue. We had masses of extras when you could in those days, but. Where we were in our bit of the pool, uh, behind the Solana, um, well, it was the Pelicanas, you know, Not, it's not really called the Solana. Yes, um, yes. So, so we had the pool bar and then we had a tape. So over the other side of the tape were real people on holiday.
0: Ah, right. Oh,
1: wow. <laughs> what they used to do is they used to swim up to the bar when we weren't working and we'd have photos taken and with them and everything. And they were they were wonderful because they were you know they were explained by all the runners and everything that when we shout action, you must turn away, not look where the camera is or the and look as though you're on holiday and they did, which is and amazing. as soon as they, and as soon as they said cut they would all come back to the, to the bar again
0: and, and, and talk to us. Well, that's quite amazing, because as we know, as I know from going on the holidays like that, most Brits are drinking pints of beer at 9 o'clock in the morning. Do you know what I mean? Around the they were, so, um, they were. They were. Just, that's brilliant that they were obviously a great production that basically kept them happy as well, that they didn't want to. Well,
1: they just lo- they loved, I mean, the, the proof of Benny Dorm was when we did the Benny Dorm live tour for nine months I have never seen audiences in my lifetime and I've been an actress for 120 years at least (laughs) I've never seen audiences like it wow it was uh, in fact I was talking to Tony Morsley yesterday you know played Kenneth who's just gone in the street actually um and we were saying it was like being the Beatles or take that they would scream six of us from the show and I was the first on because I was electric. Somebody had come to the hotel, and as soon as I hit the door, they'd scream. Wow! I mean, listen. To it. And then, then Tony would come on, and Adam, and they would scream. And then Jake would come on. Oh my God! They're going to And then the six of us, when we took our bow, I said to the boys, "I used to say to me, you will never
0: hear a roar like, like that ever in your lifetimes again." What an experience! I mean, uh, you know what? If they did that with Corey and stuff, it would be the same, wouldn't it? Because it's like, same, same. just
1: that people, but it just shows you the love of the yeah. show. Yeah. Oh God. There, was, yeah. there were six. There were, and also there were six of us actually from the telly show, which that's what it makes a difference. You know, when Birds of a Feather first went out on their yeah, tour, yeah, and those it's when you see those fish. six people. And the love of, for Betty Dole was just phenomenal. I can't, it really, it used to make me so emotional every night. That's that amazing. roar when we walked on and that screaming and that,
0: oh my sweet. God, it was unbelievable. So I think the best thing is soap actors are just, you're loved, it's really hard work. And went, like you said, when, you, when it comes off and it all works, it's just must be, it's the most exhilarating feeling.
1: No rehearsals, hardly any time to direct anybody no time to learn lines, and they delivered
0: these amazing performances. It's incredible. incredible. And Sue Johnson said, actually, um, on the first of the series, that she found it really hard because she was in it years and years ago and she came back, obviously, to play uh, Stella. And she said, not Stella, Gloria, and she found it impossible because she said even kind of saying good morning to people, you could see looks going, oh, God, she's going to be a pain. She's going to want to talk. Because, unfortunately, it is a machine totally now, isn't it?
1: Completely, Yeah.
0: Which is and you have
1: to be able to, you have to be able to, you see, uh, when Tony went in, and Tony Morsley I think is absolutely brilliant and he's great as George, yeah. but, you know, he said, because of Benny Dorm, you see, don't forget we were out there being handed scripts every day and we had to learn really fast and sometimes you couldn't have, didn't even have time to learn. You know, there was, you know, they'd just give you a script and you had to have it with you and go on, oh, you know, there's no t- so that's kind of uh, your lesson learned there, isn't it? Before yeah. you go into something like a soap when there is no time to learn.
0: Oh, yeah, and when you see, like, recently, Jane Danson's performance, yeah, I mean, us working, oh. how how, yeah, no, oh. how amazing these actors are, because if you can pull off that in soap, you can do anything. Oh,
1: my God. I had to tweet her just to say she was so Phenomenal. stunning. Oh, my God. I I... I've always thought she was a wonderful actress but of course this was beyond and above it all you know I just thought she was oh my god and Simon you know I went in when they were still young kids and and I always thought he would have made a fabulous film actor you know had he left but of course he didn't leave but of course and and of course he wouldn't leave but but and he he delivers you know, I, 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 people do realise how brilliant these actors are, I'm sure. But it, it shocks me all the time. And I think, well, Jane's performance was just so outstanding. It was, it was. You know, she has to get an award for that.
0: Yes. Oh, I'm sure she will. I'm sure she will. <laughs> And then yeah. let's move on to the real you. And I watched the video this morning, and this is because I want to, you know, shout out really to this charity that you're now very much part of, because your brother obviously got diagnosed. Um, yeah. brain and you've suffered lockdown. I suppose it's worse because he died, and you had to suffer not being able to be like the funeral. No, I wasn't with him at the end. No. <laughs> Which must be um, you, but it, I, I only bring it up because of the charity. And I think it's good on the place like this as a platform to talk about how yes
1: could... the brain tumor charity yes they are um amazing and i do this show called Wonderbirds, as you know every monday yeah, wednesday about, yeah. friday and saturday now um and they're coming on because the 26th of march is brain tumor day and so uh, the brain tumor charity are coming on to the show to talk about it because they don't get the funding you see no. that other charities get in fact they don't I think it's only a very slight percentage, so they have to fight for every penny. The brain tumor charity—they literally have to fight. So whenever I can, I, I mention them, or you know, if I do like a, a show, a quiz show, or something, I'll try. It. Like I did the Christmas tipping point. I mean, I only got fifteen hundred pounds, but I sent it straight to them. And anything I can do, you know, that can because it's it's a the. Most devastating thing ever. I cannot, I mean, I can't
0: even begin That's to true. tell Absolutely. you how devastating. Imagine. And I think with any person that you lose through something, I think what's so important with these charities is they are there for you, aren't they, to offer support to everyone affected. Oh, and
1: they know. were. and They <laughs> were. Piers, who runs the charity, was amazing. He still is amazing with me. He'll just check in That's every great. now and then, just saying, I'm just checking in, see if you're fine see so if you need anything, so if you need to talk, you know, and and because it's hard, it's very hard to accept, and it's you know a year ago. I know. And still think? and I still can't. I still can't. I won't have it because I still find it hard to think that he won't call me. He's not going to ring me, you know.
0: It's, my big uh, brother. And you've had to suffer. I mean, we. My mum's lost her best friend over this period as well. Very hard. I mean, it's are you when. It's been hard for everyone, lockdown, but when you have to go through something like that and not be able to, I mean, it's, uh, you know, oh, it's incredibly sad, isn't it, that people have been left in this position because of the pandemic. I know.
1: I know. I mean, I, myself, don't
0: know anybody who had COVID. I don't know about you. Uh, I, I've, no, I've, I've known people, but not who, oh, well, actually, I know Linda Lusardi very well, who obviously did. Oh, no, Linda, of course. I've yeah. forgotten about Linda, because yeah. yeah. she yeah. doesn't look as though she's had it. He's That's why it, I never it. think of Linda as having
1: had it, do you? Um,
0: no, and really bad. I mean, I remember when she told me about oh, it. Oh, very bad, she, yeah. I she almost, you know, Sam came up basically to say his goodbyes because they thought she was. Oh, I mean, you know.
1: I know. And it's hard it, to think of that, though, because she said I was think of Linda so being hard. so well. Yeah. You know?
0: You wouldn't think that it could affect Linda. Well, you know because I mean? she looks amazing, doesn't she? Oh, she does look amazing. So, and I've known a couple of friends to have it, but not, you know, he, actually my dad's had it and my stepmom, but they were, they said it was no worse than a cold and they're old. So, I mean, it's a mad.
1: Yeah, I know. It just depends how it, gets. I mean, Bobby Ball, who was a, a very big friend of mine, and his wife had it. And of course, Yvonne was fine, but Bobby had, is it COPD? Right. Um, And so, when you've got, you know, a, a lung problem. It that COVID scars your lungs, and you, you yeah. know, you. It's very hard to come back. And he, he didn't. And oh, just it really. And that's another person who won't ring me. So I just feel, oh, no. you know, and I, I miss him too. You know what I mean? And so I, it's, it's
0: the, the only one good thing to come out of it, if anything, is I think it's made us all realize how important people are. And you know, like it's very easy to. So sometimes not keeping contact with people for me, it's definitely made me, you know, love everyone and miss everyone and to put the most important things in life first. Do you know what I mean? Which I think is. Um...
1: And, but I do. Ha- I mean, I do think all this aggression that we're going through at the moment, and indeed burglaries and all the, you know, yeah, and yeah. I think it's to do with being locked down too long.
0: Yeah, You know, oh, people
1: yeah. are now going crazy, aren't they? You know, then we need to come out of this lockdown. We need to learn to live with COVID. And we need to open the country
0: up because people are literally going crazy. Oh, literally yeah. going crazy. Totally. And this this podcast has kind of kept me sane. And we, as you mentioned, yes, a big part of Wonderbirds, which is kind of a bit born out of lockdown as well, isn't it? It was born
1: actually in the week lockdown happened so it's a year ago and it's done really really well really? I mean it got eight million hits in you know in that year Incredible. and it's it, so it, it, it's done really well and we get some lovely guests and so we're so thrilled you know we are thrilled and we're going we are going to do a live show as well Wonderbirds live show so um which which we're going to tell everybody about so, you know, it is moving on and it will move on because it's it's a really good show. You know, we're not restricted like television. You know, yeah. we can say what we like, Yeah, product place. There's no, you know, a um, whole load of lawyers going, you can't mention that. You can't do this. Well, that's what's been and- so
0: exciting for me because I've got no execs. I've got no channel. No, nobody to say. what You can't do that. Yeah, and it's also, I mean, I find it, as we were talking earlier about how soap actors are looked down upon, as I say, that you wouldn't never see a soap actor on Graham Norton, even though the soap is probably getting more viewers than Graham Norton. I know! They're not. So this has been, I mean, this has done incredibly well, and thanks everyone listening for, you know, making it as big. But, um, and it's helped me to be locked down, but also it's given a chance to people really to, A, take a trip down memory lane, and B, celebrate soap, because it's one of our national institutions.
1: Well, I, I mean, I always remember Liz Dawn saying to me because Anthony Hopkins came on the set of uh, Coronation Street and he came and I was just gobsmacked because I adore him. Wow. Sorry? Yes. Yeah, and he came into my shop and, uh, and I've got a picture of him with his arms wrapped around me, hugging me. And I thought, oh, my God, it's Anthony Hopkins. And I was a bit gobsmacked, actually. But then Liz Dawn said to me, I don't know what all this fuss is about with Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> I said, don't you? And she, no. Well, she oh, I mean, what's he done? I said, no, Liz, he's, you're a big Hollywood. super." She said, darling, the only Hollywood, the only superstars in this world are Coronation Street and I'm the biggest you'll get. <laughs> and, she said, and she said, when I walked down the street, Everybody stops. And do you know what she was right?
0: <laughs> she was. I mean, totally another legend, Liz Dawn. But oh, I mean,
1: when you walk down the when you walk to Manchester, she uh I mean she had crowds. I mean, wow. no one, no one walked by Liz Dawn. I'm telling you now, no one. And I went to New York with Liz Dawn, you know, and um it was <laughs> we got there. To cut a very long story short, one day um, we were in the New York Deli, which everybody knows in New York, and it started snow. And this guy came over. He said, listen, I don't want to be intrusive. He said, I know who you both are. We were with our families as well. He said, but you see that snow? That's going to turn into great big plates of snow. And you will be, I don't know if you've got to leave New York, but you will be stuck here for a good few weeks. And we went, yeah. Anyway, we walked out. When we got to the hotel, the hotel manager said, "I just want to warn you that that snow is going to get bigger and bigger, and you will not." <laughs> anyway, we did, we eventually about two hours later, it started to turn into plates of snow. So we got we said, "Oh, come on!" So we got our bags and we got in one of those taxis, which are the limos, you know. Oh yeah. And yeah. we got Grand Central Station. He said, "Can you get out? Get out!" And we went, "What?" He said, "Just get out." He said, "I'm not going to uh, the airport." I'll never get. I'll never get home.
0: Oh my god!
1: <laughs> we were on the streets of New York, as it happens, another taxi came by and he said, Are "You going to JFK?" And I said, "Yes." So he said, and he charged us something like hundred dollars, which was a lot of money, believe me, to go there to, in those days. We got there. Fortunately for us, it was BA who had taken us over, so they put us upstairs in the kind of little first, well, business cuspit kind of bit in the in the in like a coffee shop. We were there for seven days what? in the same, and it was a window, and we watched the snow rise from the bottom of the window to the top till so we couldn't see out. Oh we had, had one tiny, tiny towel each, and not hot water. It was just lukewarm water, and we had the children with us, and oh the food God. ran out. And then a pilot, well, a pilot, and his mate came out, and they said. And we know you' Coronation Street, and we know you've got to get back because Coronation Street were going mad because we were now a week late oh so, And they said, "Listen, we're going to bring Concord out. Ugh. It's frozen, it's frozen, and the runway's frozen. But what we do is we'll wheel it out, we'll get people on board, and then we spray it, burn it, you know, burn the uh, the frost off, and we take off. It said it sounds dangerous, but it isn't. we do it many times. <laughs> do you want to do it so we all went yes so we got on concord frozen concord sat there absolutely terrified oh no goodness. food no drinks nothing and we heard it being you know blasted and we took off and landed in manchester oh and we were greeted God. by the press when we got there and said you two are in trouble and we got back to coronation street and we were on the carpet the producer went insane. Do you how many how many days we've missed filming? You are to you know you should both be sacked. Anyway, we both went to and thought oh, we're going to be sacked, but
0: we weren't. Oh my <laughs> Isn't God. that,
1: incredible? that yeah. is
0: incredible? I mean, you, in retrospect, God, if only you hadn't got a cabin, at least you would have been in the hotel for seven days.
1: Well, I know we kept saying it over and over again because the loos were all blocked at JFK. Oh I mean, it was it was stinking. It was disgusting. It was awful and but then we got onto Concorde. It was there stuck in its
0: hangar, frozen. Oh. My and they God, decided to many is- people AFK as they could. Amazing. So because I remember being obviously working as a director and you would go, you just, if one person had, because for the listeners, I don't think I've ever said this, but the schedules are so tight that, you know, if you miss, you know, what, an actor's crossing over to the other unit film, even if that goes wrong, it puts that unit behind. So, Well, uh, yeah. So you can imagine two of us two of, in the same
1: the scenes together. A week. I know it was terrible. I mean, we were really in trouble, but it wasn't our fault because it was at no, that, it
0: was that time.
1: I know and but New York it, it became a a, a a major disaster in New York. So it was all over the papers and the television. And Liz said, Oh, we were in that.
0: Oh, no, I thought we actually, uh, <laughs> maybe the Tom Hanks film was based on YouTube where he's stuck in the airport for weeks.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so oh. when we were quite we were quite excited that we were in that kind of big American disaster.
2: <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Oh my god.
0: And then we can't go without mentioning just a couple of other shows because obviously Loose Women was a massive part of it. Wonderbirds has kind yeah, of... Yeah,
1: 16 Wonderbird. years of my life. Yeah.
0: And I mean, I remember when that show started, you were kind of like, oh God, is this really going to work? And obviously it's phenomenal and it's a br- I mean, my mum was a... Well, dick. to be honest with you, we made it in Norwich.
1: And um, I remember there was me, Kate Adams, um, it would have been Carol McGiffin and Gigi Morley. And we used, to, we used to wait to go on and go, mm-hmm. Well, nobody's watching it, so we can say what we want, really. We, and we used to do six weeks, and then they go, "Oh, don't, we don't really want to do it anymore." So we'd wait, do another six. <laughs> oh no, it's never, never going to work. Wait, we do eight weeks, and it went on like that for ages. We, we never thought it was going to work, and we never thought people watched it. But it was quite—it was much more outrageous then, of course, because nobody, nobody uh, had oh, yeah. forethought to stop us saying. <laughs> Now, you wouldn't be able to say
0: what we used to say, but we say it on Wonderbirds instead. We live in a very different world to when to Women started. I mean, free speech, whatever, it's a very yeah. difficult, isn't it, to say stuff. Well,
1: which, I mean, it's like everybody is offended by everything. You know, yeah, like, when yeah. you look... I mean, the worst one for me the other day was... There was um Dad's Army, which is one of my favourite shows. There was even a warning on that.
0: Oh, my... I mean, the, the warning... And I thought,
1: no, no. a warning for what? Uh, because it used... It was something about um, using language that belonged to another period about the, the First World War and oh, uh, what they used to call God. the soldiers or something. And, and so,
0: it, and I thought, oh, this is crazy now. For me, that's crazy. I mean, know, there's interesting things like Linda it was on the podcast and it's really interesting when you put your mind to being a page three girl because obviously now people... Into yes. It, it's disgusting. But like we talked about... In a way, it was, like we said about carry-on, it wasn't sexual. It wasn't, in a way, it was innocent. And actually, like Linda said, a lot of the comments you get back then were from women. It was kind of almost empowering for women. But if you say that, I know there'll be loads of people going, but it made girls like... Oh,
1: no, they'll, they'll get you. Yeah, I mean, when I did the pilot of Are You Being Served?, Mr.
0: Slocum, I mean, you know, we got really. things about bring it up again because talking. I mean, that is talking of a camp classic, isn't it? You can't, like you said, you... well,
1: I think so. But Jason Watkins, who played, uh, you know, Mr. Humphreys, I mean, they were outraged that he was
0: camping it. But I mean, John, <laughs> I don't, I don't get that. He wasn't. Oh, no, being... that's what's funny, I don't. I'm a gay man, and I don't find that offensive because I think the world, especially, you know, the world has changed so much in every respect. And I think again, it's not out there to. It's funny, and I find it funny as a gay man. You know, I, I don't even find it offensive. I know.
1: I don't. I mean, look at RuPaul's Drag Race. Then, are we
0: going to have to stop that? I know. I mean, it's 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 gone slightly mad, and it's good to talk about it openly because again, everyone's got everyone. Of course, is you know, right to have their own opinion. I just think we can't. You can't filter stuff from the past that needs to be shown as it is because that's not the present do you know what I mean well it
1: belongs it belongs to its period but 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 I don't I never found um are you being served offensive no I don't remember ever being offended by it
0: I'm talking about uh, there was the pressure on because obviously I mean Molly was Sugden was incredible in it what do you find and I know it never got picked up for a series did it? it was just a pilot you made
1: Yes, it was a pilot, and um, and and also she had her putty lines, you see, which was um, which was hysterical. I mean, the the, the end of the show was that she'd gone back home, <laughs> and her all her sewage work, you know, her pipe's had blown, and she came in covered in sewage from head to foot. And I, th- I was just trying to remember the last line when I said, um, uh, "Oh, oh." Um, what did she? Let me just get it right. I had to get a whole bottle of Vaseline to clean my pussy because <laughs> <laughs> she was holding it. The cat was covered in sewage. Well, nobody, nobody objected to that, oh, but they obje- objected to the the word. But I kept saying, "But it's her
0: cat Tiddles. Yes, and um, but that's still a word that's used. To it. I mean, it's the innuendo. That's what it's. You know, hilarious. It's
1: how you say it when Molly said it. If you look at are you being when Molly, nobody was offended. No, no. She'd have no. said it in such, in a really, you know, dirty way. And you know, a kind of, you'd have gone, oh, God. But she did, but it was her pussy. It was tittles. Yes. And, you know, and my line was that it was covered in, you know, <laughs> sewage and, and it took a whole bowl of, bottle of verithine to clean her. Yes. Now, the only, but I'll tell you, the funniest thing was we got to. A complaint about using the word
0: "voting" because we were product placing oh my um, God. And shampoo. <laughs> oh my God! Did you find it? Is it quite? I mean, amazing that you took that role as well. Um, but would do you? Was there pressure on? I suppose to recreate, or did you? I mean, it's hard to step aside. I suppose <laughs> the original, isn't it? Because it's ingrained in our memory.
1: Well, I knew Molly really well, and I knew John really well. And um, and I I and the set was amazing. Cause the set was exactly as the set was. mean, wow. it, it was wow. just incredible. And I just felt um, I I I played it uh, in the innocent way that Molly played it. Yeah. In my opinion, and so and the the best thing is I had the wigs that she wore, the purple yeah, wig. Oh, I, I chose the bad. purple one. And and so I felt that we all. Played it with sympathetically towards the. I, I was felt honoured to to play Molly Sugden. To be honest, you know, because I thought yeah. she was truly one of our greats. Oh,
0: she was. She so
1: was, she was. Mrs. Slocum is one of the best characters ever. She developed ever, and I've just felt honoured, you know. And and Darren Lytton, who wrote it, who wrote Benny Dorm, had written two more uh, two more episodes when he'd written it. The, they said that they were going to go for a series. But it was at the time, there were a lot of them, a lot of um, uh, comedy shows being brought back. And uh, so we were on a list. We were told that if the the criteria was that if you got four, I think it was either four or five million, you would go to a series. We got seven million for that uh, that pilot. Seven Seven million, just over seven. I think it was seven and a half million. But they took porridge instead. Oh. So you know, and it's just one of those things, isn't it's it? One you
0: one know, and but, I mean, it's still out there, and I think that could be. Uh, I mean, a, 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 what what lockdowns done as well, which is probably a brilliant reason why they should look into making that again is nostalgia has been the key. People have loved. Oh yes, what hasn't it though? Warm, comfortable feeling. You know, like classic curry and classic Emmerdale. Are you in classic curry yet or Emmerdale, Do you know?
1: Um, I've uh, I've been in classic curry for wh- however long, and I've just finished.
0: Ah right, okay. Then
1: so my classic. I don't know if we ever get paid for things like that. You know, I often wonder. I suppose we'll get fifty p at some
0: point in yeah, our lives. Get, won't yeah, we? yeah, you'll get a nice five pound check at Christmas. You can <laughs> <buy a> little,
1: <laughs> for you, five years.
0: You can buy a fridge <laughs> magnet of Maureen. <laughs> Well, but Sherry, my,
1: classic, my classic Emmerdale is about to start, I think.
0: Oh, brilliant. Well, everyone watch that and everyone listen to Wonderbirds as well. And Sherry, it's been amazing to have you on, a true living legend. Thank you.
1: Great. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you very much.
0: It's been brilliant. So lots of love. And we'll it's meet up. We'll finally meet up because everyone, uh, you're friends with everyone that I'm friends with. They've always been like, oh my God, you two will get on like a house and fire. So I, I
1: know, wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. Please, let us
0: out. Thank you so much, Sherry. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much to the incredible Sherry Houston. The best thing about this job is I get to speak to people like that. Sherry, I didn't know before this and I got in contact with her and she agreed to be on. And for me, it's amazing to relive some of the amazing programs that we've watched her in and shared laughter with at home. It's incredible. So I want to thank her so much. And I want to thank you for joining me on Soap from the Box season two. It's been incredible and All of your feedback has been amazing. It really is overwhelming how much you enjoy it and it makes it so worthwhile. Remember, there are two episodes still to listen to. so There is still one other one before I go and leave you until season three. Thank you so much to David Stevens and the Bothy. He's my right hand man. I could not do this without him. He's also one of my best mates. So, thank you to him for all the edit help. And to Ian McCallum, who has come on board and just been amazing with all the press help. So, I want to thank them both. They're a huge part of the Soap from the Box team. Stay safe, have fun, and I'll be back soon. And remember, you can catch me in the meantime to get your fix of Lee on Great British Radio, as if you need that, at 3pm every Saturday. Take care, everyone.